1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always, and joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what is up, man? How are you doing tonight?
2: Well, my light keeps having this weird surge where I go from light to slightly more light. So for whatever reason, it's now super bright in my face. So uh, overall, dude, I'll be completely honest. I'm mostly grumpy. The season is basically over. The charges are four and seven. It's November. And I got to preview a game against the Patriots who stink. And Brandon Staley is preparing for one of three quarterbacks. And hopefully one of them throws for a hundred yards for the Patriots this week. They're
1: praying. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about grumpy, but light. this week has definitely been uh been a drag. Uh, Tyler's fixing his light here. So, uh, you know, as an educator, you know, this is Tyler's first year being a teacher, but uh, you know, as an educator, the first week after a break is always uh always a drag. So it's, it's been the been a long week for sure but uh that's kind of why we wanted to do this show live tonight uh we figured you know the season's essentially over uh why you know have <laughs> why be alone in our misery tonight so we figured let's go live let's let's talk about some things with the people and so we'll uh do some questions and and talk about some topics uh about this game so if you guys have anything feel free to uh let it fly we'll shout out some some stuff as we go we'll obviously preview the 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 game like we always do we're not going to do the in-depth patriots look patriots are a terrible team like all their key players are injured um <laughs> although i did you do a slideshow
2: heck yeah i did a slideshow okay
1: <laughs> 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 all right so we are going to do our usual patriots thing i guess if you want to it's it's there for us if we need to we'll at least uh take a look at the slideshow because it, it looks like it's it's worth using so um Super chats obviously appreciated as always. Uh, so we'll get to some of this stuff that you guys want to talk about. Obviously, we can't talk about everything uh deliberately, but we'll talk about some stuff. A lot of draft questions, people moving on to the draft already. So, uh, I totally get it, Chargers 4 and 7. Um we'll see what happens here. Um all right, Tyler, let's uh let's dive in here uh to the to the slideshow. Uh I love the love the 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 patriotic theme here. Um, you know, this is a, a very interesting, uh, Patriots team, you know, I'm not used to them being so bad. Obviously they've been, uh, not super bowl caliber over the last couple of seasons, but the Patriots sitting at two and nine, they're terrible on offense. They're terrible on special teams. They're okay-ish on defense for the most part. Um, but what's, what's kind of your consensus here about the, uh, Patriots and the, the standing of Bill Belichick right now?
2: Uh, outside of Bill Belichick, my whole take on the, the staff this year and really the last few years is what What is this? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, um, Bill O'Brien is definitely an upgrade over Matt Patricia, almost by default. I feel that I may have been an upgrade over Matt Patricia. Um, I at least would get along with the locker room, so at least there's that. Yeah. Uh, the offense, unfortunately, is not great. Twenty seventh and DVOA, special teams that isn't great. Long gone are the days with the, the Patriots special teams would demolish the Chargers. Now the Chargers have a special team's advantage probably for the first time in, in a very, very long time. And then there, there's no unofi- there's no official defensive coordinators. There's Rod Mayo, Steve Belichick. It seems like they take over some aspects of it, both of them coach inside and then outside linebackers, but there's no like official one. Technically, yeah. it's probably Bill Belichick too. Who knows? So Really, my whole takeaway is, what is this? As far as Bill Belichick goes, um, I kind of side with, Bill Burr on this one. He went on the Rich Eisen show and talked about how, you know, geez, uh, does no one in new England have anything else to talk about? I mean, Bill Belichick, I understand all the deficiencies and issues this season, but like he'll be there next year is, is my guess. And I think he'll be there for as long as he really feels like he wants to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it's officially like uh, a Tomlin situation because Tomlin has continuously won, but when you win as many Super Bowls as you have, you can maybe be afforded a couple of not so great seasons. And I think the Mac Jones pick has really set them back as well as a lot of other personnel decisions and uh, staff decisions. But they're on pace for Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever they want. And they're just going to kind of restart and re-kick off everything. And um, so I, I think he's sticking around. I know people are talking about Bill Belichick in many different capacities, but I feel like He's sticking around and he's going to walk right into the number two, number three overall pick and get the quarterback
1: of the future. Well, first of all, I was not expecting a Bill Burr reference on, uh, on that show, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, as a sidebar related to Bill Burr, uh, Brooke and I watched the movie Leo last night with Adam Sandler and Bill Burr. they 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 voice uh, reptiles in a fifth grade class. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's outstanding, very wholesome content as opposed to the usual Adam Sandler and Bill Burr content. (laughs) Uh, So go watch that one if you if you please. You know, regarding Bill Belichick, man, I he's the goat. Like he's unquestionably the best coach ever, most accomplished for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, He has zero business coaching another young quarterback. Like I'm sorry, like Mac Jones. uh, Yeah, like you can criticize the pick or whatever, but he was. Definitely a above average functional quarterback as a rookie. And what do you do to support him over the last couple of seasons? You make Matt Patricia defensive Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. coordinator. You bring in Joe judge who's a special teams defensive coach to be like the quarterbacks coach. And then you go back to Bill O'Brien. The offensive line is terrible. The receivers that you've put around him are terrible. Demario Douglas is their leading receiver this year, who was like a six-round draft pick from Liberty. Like the way that Mac Jones has panned out is firmly on Bill Belichick's plate, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. they've done nothing to support him over the last couple of seasons. I was never expecting Mac Jones to be like an elite quarterback, but they have destroyed Mac Jones's career. So for me, like he he has zero business coaching another young quarterback because the coaching staff has been atrocious the supporting cast has been atrocious like Bill Belichick absolutely deserves blame for what has happened with Mac Jones and the way the offense is playing um is he gonna stick around in New England probably I don't know but not for very long like I think he's intent on getting that uh Don Shula record and then then gonna peace out but I think Bill Belichick is is obviously like he deserves some grace for for what things yeah. happened because he's won so many Super Bowls but he's far from above reproach right now because they're they're terrible on offense and they have been for the last few years.
2: Yeah, the allocation of resources and draft picks. I mean, some of the notable ones, Hunter Henry. I, I understand why you'd go get Hunter Henry and why you get Jonu Smith, but they spent so much money on them. And then you look at the draft picks recently. I mean, we were in, in Vegas when they took Tyquan Thornton in the second round. And we were thinking, yeah. what the heck are you doing? Uh, respect to Thornton, but he was like, the, the day three fourth rounder yeah. and like fourth rounder almost felt early because of the one thing that he could do. So it, it definitely has not been great. He has, I don't say ruined Mac Jones. I was never a huge Mac Jones fan, but still there was clearly no progression from him. It's only been worse. And just watching them against, you know, I don't know how involved he would be with play calling at all, but watching him against the Giants, watching this pass game it's just kind of sad to see, man. Like there was definitely more at Alabama with what Mac Jones was able to do than what you see here with the Patriots. Uh, Not a great supporting cast overall, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer to see for Mac Jones who, you know, started okay. I think, and you felt like there were some building blocks for the future. And now, yeah, here they are sitting with a top four, top five pick, probably going to be top three. Bill's going to get another crack at it. Um,
1: it's so ridiculous. Are... Like, of course, like the one year that they're finally bad, they're going to get a <laughs> generational quarterback. Like, of course, it's so yeah. ridiculous.
2: Right, right.
1: So, um, but yeah, like, I think Bill O'Brien is is a good coach. Like, I don't think this season is an indictment on Bill O'Brien, at least from an offensive perspective. I mean, uh, I was listening to the athletic football show <clears throat> and Kiefer on the beats and uh, I forget his first name. I think it's Joe, a uh, person who covers the, the Panthers for the, for the athletic was talking about Bill O'Brien as like a potential head coaching candidate for the Panthers because of his obviously relationship with, with uh, Bryce Young. So we'll see what happens. But I think, I think Bill is is definitely deserves criticism for what has happened there. As Brandon Arias points out, maybe craft kind of works out a situation mm-hmm. where he's no longer the GM. Maybe you bring in somebody else and, and just let Bill kind of focus in on, on coaching. Maybe that's a situation that Bill would agree to, but yeah, he's he's had so much power and control of this roster for so long. I don't know if that would actually come to fruition here. So, mm-hmm. um, free agency roster wise, th- this is not the same old roster that we are used to seeing from the Patriots. They've had they've had a lot of turnover. A lot of these guys who are our additions and uh, to this team, like are, I don't even know if they're really playing. Like Ezekiel Elliott is, Ezekiel Elliott is playing and starting for them, mm-hmm. but. the 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 roster just is is really not in great shape right now obviously jc jackson is back so that's a fun thing to look forward to
2: (laughs) yeah there's if you look at the roster overall the roster in general in particular on offense it really is like the greatest hits of the 2010s or something when it comes to the personnel that they have i mean yeah or, or, or like most promising group you know obviously the hunter henry you know but then it's Mike Geseki, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jalen Rager, Tyquan Thornton, Pharaoh Brown—like it's such a strange, almost group, and a group of misfits, if you will. And of course, lo and behold, the one person who's leading them is Demario Douglas, the sixth rounder. After they spend all these resources and try different things for all these players, it's the sixth rounder that's leading them. And we can get into the draft class right now. I was definitely surprised going through, but with how much. These guys are contributing, but I don't want to equate contributing with being really good. You know, just because you're starting or playing a lot of snaps does not mean you're good. Uh, I, dude, I know you more than anyone. I wish Christian Gonzalez were still healthy because he was that defensive rookie of the year candidate. A lot of these corners are playing awesome football right now. I wish Gonzalez were still out there, maybe not for this week. Um, (laughs) Keon White has been not as not super productive for them. Yeah. Not a huge surprise for most of us. You know, uh, you didn't like him nearly all that much. I liked him enough, but I certainly had him at like ninth or 10th, maybe yeah. in edge rankings. And it's it's kind of showing up here. Um, City sale playing a lot of snaps. Chad Ryland is another an, like every kicker that's been drafted. <laughs> I feel like the last two years has missed. It's wild yeah. that the Chargers ended up with three good ones last year. They traded away a good one. They still ended up with Cameron Dicker, who's been great. But then, of course, Demario Douglas, thirty-six catches, four hundred ten receiving yards. These guys are all contributing. They're playing quite a bit. I just don't know how much they're all really going to develop and be good. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a contributing class. I'm not sure it's a good one.
1: Yeah, uh, I I'm bummed about Antonio Mafi and his uh, PBE yeah. game <laughs> that low. I, I liked him. I, I think you know this this fit for him is is. He's a little questionable. Obviously, the Patriots used to be, you know, this offensive line factory, um, which is uh, when Dante Skarniecki was there. But uh, that's obviously not the case right now. So, you know, they'll have some guys move into bigger roles, you know, uh, like Josh Uche and and some of these pass rushers in front of Keon White are probably going to be, you know, moving on uh, into next year. And, you know, Demario Douglas is like their best receiver right now. So, I mean, that's like, this is a better class than I think, I would have expected. You know, it's not like loaded with guys, but hey man, like Christian Gonzalez, you hit on him, you know, you get some value from these day three guys. Maybe Keon White or Martin Marte Mapu turns into something. And you have a pretty good class here. So the kicker thing is interesting. You know, Chad Ryland obviously they they kept him over Nick Folk and Nick Folk has been fantastic for the Titans. So um, yeah, you know, Chad Ryland has cost them a couple of games right now. So Maybe mm-hmm. intentionally, maybe there, maybe some some taking going <laughs> on. I'm not really sure there, um. But the class is, it, it's tough to evaluate because you didn't like you didn't draft Keon White to have him be your best pass rusher, uh, and he's playing no. a lot. But you know, it is what it is. You know, a guy like, uh, oh my gosh, Matthew Judon would help mm-hmm. a lot and be able to really be able to figure things out there from the defensive line perspective.
2: Where did the Chargers trade or nope, nope. Well, where did the Patriots trade out from, oh, from Pittsburgh? That's so it. Pittsburgh went to 14. Okay, and then Patriots traded back to... Didn't the Patriots make like two moves?
1: Maybe. they. How do I look at this? Because <laughs> if I look at pro football reference, it just says who took them, but I... Right,
2: I, I was in like NFL draft on ESPN. I just typed in like NFL draft results and they definitely got the pick from Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh picked at 14. But there might have been another move there, too.
1: Anyway, the- so this Sports Illustrated is just saying I just Googled a uh, Patriots draft day trade. So they traded 14 to 17 and also got pick 120 from that. So mm-hmm. I think that was the pick they used for Chad Ryland.
2: <laughs> well, uh, that's what you get for getting Christian Gonzalez fall to your lap, I guess. Yeah. Like you got to take a kicker, loses you games. Yeah. Um. Okay. I was just curious if maybe they had traded. I thought they had traded from a little bit further up. So I was trying to consider like where the Chargers were and their needs for a corner. I don't believe the corner class is nearly as as top or strong as like the big four or five at the top of this one or six if you include Branch. But with the Chargers picking around nine, we'll see. Probably tenth, eleventh, or when all's said and done. You know, we talked about how the Chargers could a soft rebuild trading back and still letting one of those corners is one way to do it
1: yeah i was uh surprised at how many people took an issue with my tweet today about cornerback being the the main need right now um in in terms of draft status but a lot of people were upset about that and i was like okay they they have zero long-term assets at corner like everybody wants a receiver i get it but you have a wide receiver one still very much at the peak of his powers right now josh palmer will be back next year and i think can ascend to that wide receiver two role and tbd on quentin johnson's future but they just drafted him so it's it's not like your receiver war chest is is completely empty Mm -hmm. cornerback is completely empty you guys (laughs) like i hate to tell you this but like michael davis is a free agent after the year and he's been bad this year and currently benched asante samuel jr has taken a pretty big setback, and he is a high-end cornerback too at best in his career you just benched jasir taylor who you thought was going to be the long-term slot corner you benched him for isang Bassi who you claimed off of waivers from the broncos uh dean leonard like maybe he becomes something but the 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 war chest at corner is empty like that i don't think that it's way too early to say like you have to draft a cornerback in round one but in terms of like pure roster construction, cornerback is absolutely the highest need in my opinion in terms of positional need.
2: That's a surprise that you got pushback. Oh, I think so this I think this class in general is a like the one we just had is a pretty good example of the whole you can wait for a receiver if the class presents itself, especially if we just had this conversation, but if you have a wide receiver one and a two, And I guess, hopefully, the Chargers feel they have a good three next year. You don't need to take one in the first round. Definitely don't need to take one at at 9 or 10 or 11. Um, It's not going to be Marvin Harrison Jr., so let's let's get that out of the way. Uh, You have no corners. I don't know if you've... You can't hate this defense all year and complain about the coverage busts and then go take another receiver. Um, I understand the Brock Bowers argument. I, I would get that. He's literally tight end one and you know maybe your second best receiving option on the team but like i don't know about another receiver and frankly do you trust the chargers to make that pick at a receiver i'd rather go get a corner and you throw two more darts at a a round or day two receiver you have another day three receiver if you want and one of them is going to turn out pretty good i hope but the last i mean this past class i don't have it in front of me there's like 10 guys who have 500 like more yards than the number one guy on the Patriots which I'm yeah. not saying a lot these guys are really contributing more than any other class I can recall and if this receiver class is even better yeah man wait wait for one of these receivers
1: yeah I, and again a lot can change i I I still happen to think that this team wins probably two or three more games and plays their way out of a top 10 pick um but like positional need is one thing, like who they should draft is another conversation. And yeah. that's what I think people were like, not understanding Is I was like, I haven't watched any of these guys. Like I'm just saying like positional need cornerback is highest on the list. Like obviously I'm not going to take, like I'm not going to pass on Brock Bowers if given the chance. Like I think he's a generational tight end prospect. I don't know if he's going to be there where the chargers are picking, and also i haven't watched any of the cornerbacks like all i know is that the Chargers have no corners and therefore <laughs> it is the highest uh, the highest on the yeah. board in terms of positional need right and people brought up offensive tackle too and it's like i get it trey pipkins has not been great this year but they just gave him a contract like you're you're gonna bench a guy who has a, a 10 million million dollar cap hit or something like that next year like i just i don't see that happening i see them more like drafting a project offensive tackle and then maybe next year you take another offensive tackle in the, in the early rounds. But, uh, yeah, my whole thing was like, they have no corners and people were like, well, what about a running back and what about a wide receiver? And I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> November. This is where we're Please at. Please not
2: a running back first off. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, there's no
1: Bijan in next class either.
2: No, uh, you won't, you won't see that for a bit anyhow. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest right now, I if you had to do redo 21, I would have taken a corner over the two receivers that a lot of you guys would prefer to have over Quentin Johnson. I think Joey Porter Jr. would be awesome on this team. He's so good. Like, of course. You know, the fact we yeah. pulled a 33 is just stupid. Same as Brian Branch and Joey Porter Jr. Falling into the second round is just bonkers to me. But that's Brian the Branch would be you. so
1: awesome on this defense right yeah.
2: now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I appreciate Zay and Addison and what they've been able to do. But the play, I think, honestly, in the first round, even knowing how those receivers turned out, still I think would have been corner if you can include Brian Branch as a corner. Either of those guys and taking a receiver later, are your Marvin Mims, your your Jaden Reed, your literally everybody that we talked about in any other round. Yeah. That's a better combo. But yeah. future feature thing. We'll talk about who's there. I might change my mind eventually. But I I agree corner in terms of the position is is, is absolutely should be the favorite.
1: And uh, not taking a project linebacker in the third round would have been nice, too. Yeah. I do um, really, he starts next year, but... Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But before we kind of dive more specifically in here, I do want to touch on this because people are bringing it up. Uh, Tara specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Staley made a comment today that Joshua Palmer could potentially return this season. Um, there's been no qualifier in terms of, like, he's out for the season. All we know is that he has a knee sprain which i was told when it happened was definitely an ir situation it was a multi-week situation the way it was framed to me uh when it when he was placed on ir was more of kind of a four to six week thing so i i think josh palmer will come back at some point his window to return is officially now like he's he's missed his mm-hmm. four games like they could open his window to return at any point um and the Chargers miss him dearly. I would love to have Josh Palmer out there right now uh, after watching the film from yesterday. Um, But what do you make of, of the way Brandon Staley framed this? Because it, it definitely made it seem like a longer-term injury than I think was initially framed that way.
2: Yeah, when he first said that Josh Palmer will will definitely miss four games and then we'll kind of see from there, that to me indicated this was going to be longer than the four games. It was going to take a bit... I think you have to find a way, even if you do a kind of, well, Jalen Guyton was on the pup list, but they kind of stashed him for a bit before then. They activated him. You got to find a way to get Palmer back. You cannot end his season. If he's even only going to get you three games at the very end of the year, you can't just leave him on IR. Uh, He needs to return. They need to see what they have in him and see what this kind of group all looks together as the trio. Because this is more than likely the trio that's going to lead the Chargers next season, so I, I hope he returns. I assumed that he would. Um, he has played through quite a bit. He is very tough. He said as much, you know, uh, after the game. He posted like, "I didn't. I miss. I missed the memo where I'm supposed to not like go out there for my guys or whatever it was." Right. You know, he's gonna go out there and play. He's gonna be tough, and and I mean, kind of secure that wide receiver two spot heading into next season potentially. So. Yeah, I think he will return. I hope he does because we, they desperately need him. And right now, Keenan Allen is, did not practice with a quad injury.
1: Yeah, which is a whole other thing. So, you know, I, I, it's it's unfortunate that Josh Palmer has dealt with some injuries because, like, I, I think he really was about to take that leap in terms of, like, being a legit wide receiver too, um, you know, going forward in, in this league. And I understand, like, people have been – you know, maybe like underwhelmed by him, which I've never really, uh, gotten to be honest with you. Like, I think he's produced when given the chances. And I mean, you look at the games when he was a starter before the bears injury, he went, um, you know, Vegas, he had three receptions, 77 yards had the huge play, certainly less of meat on the bone there. Same thing with the Cowboys four for 60, then you had the the huge game uh against the Chiefs where he was 5 for 133 when he obviously got injured and that to this day is the best performance that any cornerback has put up on Lajarius Sneed, who's like a legit CB1 in the league right now so it, Palm, they miss Palmer dearly and obviously you know the Quentin Johnson situation is not helping there but I think Palmer before that injury was really taking a a, a sizable leap in this league and um, hopefully he's able to come back this season. If not, hopefully he's able to make a full recovery and and really you know take that next step next season. Because like you mentioned, like I think it's pretty solidified that it's him and and that Keenan's wide receiver one, Palmer's wide receiver two next year. And uh, you know Quentin Johnson is going to have to fight like hell to to replace Josh Palmer because I think Josh Palmer is a legitimately good wide receiver two in this league.
2: Yeah, no Palmer as the sort of three that stepped into two this year was on pace for like 1400 yards. Yeah. That's nowhere near what Quentin Johnson is. I don't say capable of, but it's certainly not his current trajectory. So yes, you're right. He does have to fill that role because if let's say Palmer goes down again, Quentin Johnson isn't going to step into as, as he is right now is not going to step into that wide receiver two and a half and put up 1400 yards or be on pace for that. It's not happening. So yeah, you're right. Quentin Johnson's going to fight like hell to get out there and be any bit decent uh, and a part of this offense.
1: Yeah. But this situation, like we talked about on the charter show today, which if you miss it, check it out. You know, we talked about the kind of mission for the next six weeks for the offense. Well, one of many missions, obviously Mm -hmm. is being able to figure out how to elevate Quentin Johnson's floor and, and get him going in a way that will be conducive to him having a positive off season and a positive sophomore season. So, um,
3: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey,
1: what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in store Pizza Portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast,
2: and I'm here to talk about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to slash guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's slash guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. All
1: right, Tyler. Uh... Let's let's dive in a little bit more to this specific matchup here. How are you framing, like, what is a successful outcome on Sunday? Because, like, they should win. Like, the Patriots are a terrible team. This is the kind of situation that the defense has historically played well in against a very bad quarterback. Um, the Patriots defense is not the same Patriots defense as old, although we might get a J.C. Jackson revenge game. I don't even know if he's going to play or not. <laughs> so for you, like like what's what's the goal for for Sunday because I, like I think win losses I'm kind of past that at this point honestly yeah. unfortunately so for you like what determines a successful performance from this team on Sunday
2: because I think the defense will whether by design or because they're facing the Patriots I think the defense will basically do its job I don't think the Patriots offense is very good the only thing they really have going for them is a run game and the Chargers are generally have been very good against that so for me, a success in this game, outside of a win, is the offense fixing the two things that they have not. Now, fixing is a stretch. It's one game. Yeah. But I want to see them against you know a pretty good defense and, and a good front overall. I um, mean, you know, I think it's 12th in DVOA. Mm-hmm. I want to see them, one, find a way to start working this run game, and two, protect themselves in expected passing situations. And I we just talked about these things, and it's very obvious things, but they both go hand in hand. So one, can the run game get going enough to where you don't have to put yourself in these obvious passing situations or or you're always in a third and 10 situation? And two, can you protect? I don't know how effective they've been, but you look at guys like Jabril Peppers and Kyle Duggar and the linebackers, like they are going to blitz and they are going to try their best. Like I'm sure Bill Belichick is doing one of two things. One, take away Keenan Allen. Two, can we get a free rusher out there? And the Keenan Allen, we'll see if he even plays. That's going to happen. Like, they're going to try to take him away. Maybe it's not a good game. Kellen Moore's been doing a good job either way, moving Keenan Allen around. That I'm confident in. But the way they attack with the free rushers, how do you pick those guys up? Because if you want to pretend you have any bit of hope for not just this season, which I don't think there is, but next season with this offensive line, this blocking unit, you got to start figuring out these things, whether it's through Herbert, Herbert to Keenan, the offensive line, the tight ends, and how they're involved, et cetera. You got to figure this out because these offensive linemen are all under contract next season. you well, Corey Lindsay will we'll see. Yeah. But this is basically your group next year. At least four out of the five of them are projected to be your guys. So how do you pick these things up and carry some momentum to where you feel like like there's a discussion about, you know, like you said, right right tackle being a need for the chargers at nine or 10 or 11 right. or whatever they pick. Can we find a way for that not to be a need? Because financially they can't really afford it. And two, like they have, like you said, there's there's corner, there's so many other pressing needs. I really don't want the chargers to have to take a right tackle so early, although there are very good options, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it seems like this is a great offensive tackle class. I think uh Dane Brugler had seven or eight in the in his in his first mock round in the first draft. So mm. It's uh, it, it's certainly that way. There's three, like, natural right tackles that are our first-round consideration players this year. Um, again, I have not done any homework myself on that class. Potentially might start doing that in the next couple of weeks here, um, but we'll see. So this, you know, elevating Quentin Johnson's floor is a mission for the rest of the season. Figuring out how to get the most out of this offensive line again is definitely a mission for the final six games. Um, this defensive front is, is certainly not the same that we're used to. I mentioned Matthew Judon is, is injured. Keon White necessarily hasn't panned out, but you look at this group, man, certainly on the interior, they still have guys They you still have mm-hmm. Christian Barmore who leads them in pressures, Lawrence guy, Davon uh, Devon Godchow, who are great run defense players. And then you have Deatrick wise, who's a, who's a really solid kind of the Nico Autry type of, of inside outside player. So this is this is definitely going to be a challenge for Will Clapp, Zion Johnson, and Jamari Salyer. And being able to handle this kind of challenge, I think, uh, will kind of build some confidence for them. For what it's worth, I know Zion Johnson and Jamari each gave up a sack. I thought outside of that, the two of them were were pretty solid against the Ravens. And I was pretty happy with the way that they played in general against uh, Justin Maddobike and Travis Jones and those guys. Mm. Um, I thought in particular, Jamari was was fantastic. I thought he had some really big time blocks uh, against those two. So, Hmm. you know, this is this is a key moment. There's been, you know, uh, Jason, who's in the chat here, uh, there's been a lot of miscommunications, like from a stunt standpoint, across the board, I think, in general, Rashawn and Zion have a really good chemistry together in in that standpoint. But whenever it's like Zion and Will or Will and Jamari, and obviously Jamari and Trey have not been able to get on the same page. Like it, It's been a struggle from a communication standpoint. And this is a team that loves to stunt and twist it and do all mm-hmm. these kind of things to create pressure. And now that they don't have Judon, it's, it's the only way they create pressure consistently. So this is definitely a game where the offensive line, specifically the interior, has to be on point Ready to rock, communicate, over communicate, pass off things. Otherwise, this could turn into another game where the the offense is struggling to put up 14 points because they can't protect Justin Herbert.
2: I I hope it doesn't come to that, dude. I can't imagine them having the struggles. If there's, I guess I might as well ask it if there's no Keenan Allen on Sunday,
1: what is our expectation for how this (laughs) offense performs? Oh man, uh thirteen points if notice no Keenan Allen. <sighs> like yeah, I, I I just I don't know how they create consistent offense. Like, you know, Jason uh, in the chat pointed out like several times that Keenan Allen is just like cooking dudes, like he's mm-hmm. playing at an insane level, like it's ridiculous watching him on tape right now. Uh <laughs> he just said throw the it to Gerald Everett 20 times and pray. Honestly, like that's that's your path. Jared yep. Everett and Donald Parham and just tied in them to death. Like I there's I have so little faith right now in this wide receiver room executing a legitimate offense. You can design some touches for these guys, but um, you know Jalen Guyton is not the same as he's he's been. Obviously, he's coming off the injury. Like Alex Erickson and uh, Keelan Doss are both out of practice squad elevations, and it's not like either one have been like great in the preseason so like Terrell Bynum and Darius Davis and Quentin Johnston I don't know man that's that's gonna be tough
2: I I wouldn't mind a a sort of blessing in disguise game where Keenan has to only miss one game and only one game and I guess you just are forced to throw it to Quentin Johnston or use a run game I would love a blessing in disguise game like that
1: but obviously I wish I wish Keenan's out there to be healthy yeah well if you're if your goal is to try and get the offense back on track, this is probably the game where you can afford to miss Keenan because you know the Patriots' offense. I don't think is really gonna do anything damaging. I I, I think I think.
2: <laughs> so, I do think that the Ravens got away from a lot of what was a working for them and b what the other yeah. teams did well against the Chargers. I don't know that it takes a complete genius to see that, that running backs and tight ends and receivers work in the flats or are completely in the middle of the field between the cover two. Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of works for a lot of teams pretty well. And I don't know that. I mean, it's probably Bailey Zappy. Uh, I think Jordan Love is significantly better. But like Jordan Love and Jared Goff are not elite talents. You can find ways to get these guys easy yeah. completions uh, to receivers, running backs, tight ends, et cetera. Um, Hunter Henry revenge game could certainly be on the way Um, I mean Demario Douglas they get him screens routinely you know I I didn't watch a a ton of him but against the Giants I think he had at least three quick screens or quick passes that he made very productive so that's gonna be a challenge for the Chargers receivers or nope corners
1: (laughs) I thought in general they there weren't as many coverage gaffes I will say that but like you mentioned the the Ravens were not like really pushing the boundary. It, it no. felt like the Ravens were like, Hey, here's a slant. Cause you're 10 yards off the football. Let's just keep <laughs> doing that over and over again. Uh, Oh, let's just throw it to the flat to Keaton Mitchell and all these guys. So, um, it is gonna be very interesting. Like Bailey Zappi is, is not scaring anybody. Like, I think he's overall like a very similar player to Mac Jones. Um, for what it's worth i think the biggest difference is is bailey seems a little bit more willing to take chances downfield he does have an a dot that's like a full yard higher than than mac jones this season mm-hmm. his time to throw is is i think like uh 0. .25 or 0. .3 seconds higher so he's a little bit more willing to hold on to the football and and throw it deep which i think should be good for the chargers pass rush um, the key thing on offense for the, the Chargers defense is the run is defending the run. Like you mentioned, like Ramondi Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, like the Patriots are going to want to run the football. Um, that's how they've been playing forever, obviously. And especially this season with everything that's been going on. So if you can stop the run and get Bailey zapping into third and long situations, I think the defense can be very successful on Sunday because I don't think the Patriots offensive line is very good in pass protection I don't think Bailey Zappi is very good. I don't think the receivers are very good. So it, it really is just like stop the run and you should be fine.
2: It, it almost feels like the Jets again. Probably a better offensive line, but no Garrett Wilson. So you can just do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's not a good offense, man. Like just watching them is kind of sad to watch.
1: Yeah. It's um like... It, it sounds like Connor McDermott, who has never played offensive tackle in his career, is going to be starting at left tackle against Khalil Mack. So, yes, that should, that should my, be fun. Oh, <laughs> yes, my sack record short is going to
2: absolutely smash.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's the the Patriots' offensive line. I mean, you you showed the the two rookies earlier, so it's. It's, it's a disaster. Like, like genuinely, like this should be a game where you're talking about like at least six, seven sacks. If you stop the run, like you stop the run, you force the Patriots into third and long situations and Khalil and Thule and Morgan Fox should, should eat on this week, honestly. And and actually I thought Justin Hollins showed some, some good flashes last week against the Ravens as well. He had one like gimme pressure, but I thought he had a couple really good rushes too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I thought so live as well. And it took me a moment, but mom, my mom kept pointing out because, of course, my mom would like, oh, number fifty-eight. I had to do a double take because I am used to the five being like fifty-two. Yeah, there's some really good stuff out there from Holland's. I was, I was
1: really surprised. Yeah, so should be fun there. Um, all right, so we've kind of highlighted a few things here, but Tyler, who's your biggest X factor of the week? Uh, watching, you know, this 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 Chargers offense, maybe Chargers defense against this Patriots team. <laughs> uh, God. All right, I'll do it. Uh,
2: Quentin Johnson versus J.C. Jackson. Uh, yeah. I think that the way... Now, it wasn't specifically a J.C. Jackson situation, but the way that Jalen Hyatt was able to push and both get yak and, is, and then just push the ball down the field or, or be the guy that received the ball down the field, a couple of corners, and I think one go ball. If the Chargers want to continue to push Quentin Johnson as their deep down-the-field receiver, there was opportunity for a guy to succeed last week in Jalen Hyatt they didn't have to take him in the first round um, but hey there's an x-factor that we've, we've this is where we're at that Quentin Johnston on go balls versus JC Jackson is the x-factor it was like the only thing that got going for the Giants last week so I, I think there's a, a world where Quentin Johnston will at least catch one of the four
1: passes thrown his way down the field I mean, if there's a game to get some confidence going, this could be it for Quentin Johnston. You know, uh, Ravens are a great defense. The Packers have some good corners. You know, there's nothing like going up against a bad secondary to get your confidence going. So maybe Keenan isn't playing. Maybe he's not fully healthy. Um, so, yeah, this is where we're at. You know, Quentin Johnston, I, I just kind of want to see, like, what does it look like? You you pepper him with six, <laughs> seven targets, eight targets. I just want to see. Like Me too, dude. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I, I'm so curious at this point, like, okay. Like we know that he's not obviously, you know, a great contested catch guy at this point in this season, he, he needs to develop that aspect of things. He's kind of comfortable with like comeback routes, but like throw him a couple slants, just see what happens. You know, uh, you know, obviously he scored against the, the lions on a kind of skinny slant thing, I guess, but I just want to see it. Like you have nothing to lose this weekend. Like, You're playing a team that you should be able to hold under 14 points. Like, just just go out there and throw Quentin Johnson eight targets. Throw Darius Davis four or five. Like, just see what happens. Just see what these guys can do.
2: Yeah. You want to turn around a fan base really quick? Go roast J.C. Jackson. I promise you, (laughs) Chargers fans will do a complete 180 (laughs) and start building that statue. If you go out and roast JC J.C. Jackson on one play... You're good for the entire rest of the year. They will hold yeah. on to that.
1: <laughs> if if Quentin Johnson's first hundred yard game comes against JC <laughs> Jackson, like people are gonna start putting like the statue up all right of oh, yeah. him out of SoFi. So yeah. Uh make it happen. Let like let's let's just do it. Let's get it uh let's get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. I think for me, um X factor, I Jason putting him out in the in the chat. I actually thought that Jalen Hawkins showed some good signs against the uh, against the Ravens this past week. Um, him and Alohi Gilman communicated pretty well. Maybe that was you know Alohi just kind of overemphasizing the communication. But we've seen some really good games from like Dean Marlowe as a safety three. The Chargers love playing with three safeties on the field. We know that Derwin James is going to play in the slot this more often. So it sounds like Jalen Hawkins is going to have a role to close out the season. And I'm curious if he can become anything like he technically will be on the roster because they claimed him. So they inherited his contract from the Falcons. So technically he'll be on the roster next oh. year too. Mm. Uh, assuming they want to keep him obviously. Um, so this is, you know, a, a six week audition for Jalen Hawkins to see if he can, you know, challenge for a role on this team. Obviously, Alohi he a free agent after the season, We don't know where JT Woods is at. He's still technically on the NFLI list with his illness. Um, So Jalen Hawkins, man, like this is going to be a game where he's going to be very involved in the run game. Like we just talked about, you know, what does he look like in run support? Uh, Is he going to cover Hunter Henry from time to time? What does that look like? So I am curious if there's anything there from a a player development standpoint on Mr. Jalen Hawkins.
2: Was there any specific word from Brandon Staley about why they went with Hawkins over Marlowe? Or do you feel it's more just...
1: Hey, we got this guy for a bit longer. We might as well give it a shot. Uh, I don't think he was asked about it specifically. Um, the whole thing from the like I, I, today, they asked about the guys who were who didn't play last week. Um, the whole thing was about competition in practice and hmm. you know maybe opening up some chances for other guys. I, I think they just wanted to mix it up and see what they could have done. Honestly, I thought DeMar had been playing pretty solid for this team. Um, so I, I was pretty surprised to see Hawkins out there over Dean Marlowe, but, um, Hawkins is, I think a better athlete. He's a bigger body than Dean Marlowe. So I do think he is kind of that type of safety that they wanted Mark Webb to be, you know, a guy who can maybe Mm -hmm. kind of cover up for when Derwin's closer to the line. He can kind of play in the box behind him. Mm -hmm. He can cover the slot. So I am curious to see if if Jalen Hawkins becomes anything, but Brandon Staley has not specifically been asked about like the difference between the two. Um, but it sounds like he he likes Jalen Hawkins a decent out. Okay,
2: I, I totally missed that point. So thank you for pointing it out. Of him being on the roster next season, so that's interesting. And then Jason's endorsement in the chat, your endorsement here, yeah, I'll definitely go watch Jalen Hawkins.
1: Thomas Martinez pointing out Hawkins is much more physical. I think Dean Marlowe mm. is like a really solid safety for to have, like if they want to bring him back, I'm cool with it next year. Um, but Hawkins potentially could become like a starter type player. I think he still has some mm. some potential there. He was drafted, I think in the third round or fourth round. So I was just looking at it too. I forget. I Did you know that Keenan you're, you're saying Keenan Allen kicked in high school. I didn't know that he at least kicked once for sure. He was on
2: the pod with, I think, Drew Tranquil and was talking about his playing days. And I think he just like had a couple of kicks in high school, whatever. So he can definitely do it. But I think he either like shanked one once. He wasn't good at it, um, I don't (laughs) think. He's definitely (laughs) going to be a better receiver in the NFL, I think. but (laughs) Yeah, for
1: sure. I I know Justin Herbert actually kicked in high school, too. Uh, and was pretty good at that. So I guess he's the emergency kicker, maybe.
2: uh yeah did jay no jk scott did they ever have jk scott warming up when like hopkins was injured
1: uh in game against like the broncos i know he did kickoffs when he when against denver right. i don't think he ever tried to like kick field goals God, just give me give me like a herbert punt <laughs> you know <laughs> i'd love to see you know uh that I wouldn't love to see it because Cameron Dicker is a fantastic kicker. I want him healthy all the time. But uh go vote for Dicker as a Pro Bowler, by the way. Um, oh yeah. So is it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Houston Texans had a kicker injury, and their like third string running back Dari Agumawale like had to kick <laughs> yeah. and kick off and things like that. It's just always funny to see like what guys can do. Like you know, I, I never would have guessed, and if like they've had that situation a bunch because Justin Reed kicked. So. Yeah. It's always interesting to see like what players can do outside of like their position, you know, because they're like all everybody in the NFL grows up playing like both ways in high school or doing multiple things. So Mm -hmm. it is always interesting to see what players can do outside of their usual stuff.
2: Yeah, so we've had... Don Tremen at corner against the Raiders as like almost like a half of an entire game. That's right. Game. Yeah. <laughs> we almost had Easton Stick play safety or something or was that just a tra- like a practice I think practice that was play? a practice
1: thing but that was his second season I believe he was taking yeah. safety reps in practice. Yeah, that was that was an interesting That's one. That's
2: neat. Um obviously we've had Keenan against the Jets as people mentioned in the chat just play the the Hail Mary and they get destroyed Um, on that that return (laughs) his interception
1: return was so
2: funny (laughs) it was they just got killed um no hail mary pick six on that one because he was
1: like a great safety in high school too he was (laughs) i don't know if you know this but he was actually recruited by alabama as a safety yeah was he he recruited by cal as a safety
2: too or no uh
1: cal was a receiver thing
2: okay okay yeah i remember the alabama part yeah who else did we had i think that's mostly it We've tried Kenneth Murray at edge.
1: <laughs> yeah, had to do that one. <laughs> hey, man. I, I, uh, just for like kicks and g- giggles, I would love to see Durham play receiver just to like, see what it would look like.
2: Yeah. I would love to see Durham play strong safety. Honestly. Shit. No kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This has been a funnier show than I would have thought. So I, I appreciate you, Tyler. <laughs>
2: I'm just over it, dude. I'm so over it. It's going to get worse. If they lose to the Patriots, man, just join us. Stay tuned. It'll be absolutely (laughs) legendary. Tried
1: Cardell Jones at quarterback. (laughs) Hey, now. Be nice. (laughs) Catching strays. Man, he's like a media analyst, too. Nobody clip this out and show him. (laughs) He is? That's cool. Uh, college think, football? Yeah, he's college football. He does for CBS. That makes sense. That makes mm, sense. Scott Malik at fullback. Yeah, I want to see that one. We've obviously yeah, seen Jordan McFadden at fullback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I kind of wish the, the lateral from Sunday night counted as a pass for Keenan. Oh, yeah. Because he's, you know, just inflate those passing stats.
2: Yeah. He's got to go yeah. On. Yeah, so... Is that a Herbert passing stat? Then does he yeah. get the next like seven yards?
1: Interesting. So uh, I I think technically Keenan gets the catch, right? And Then Austin gets the yards, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know. Someone off to All tell right. me that that's funny.
2: Yeah, give give Keenan more passes. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what we're Receiver. At. Yeah.
1: All right. That's well, uh, we've been going for about 50 minutes so uh if you guys have any questions here we'll wrap it up with a quick q a uh like i mentioned if you you feel so inclined super chats are always appreciated uh what do you say taylor like 10 minutes for questions yeah sure as long as y'all's got good ones we'll be here okay Cool, cool, cool so q a for the next 10 minutes uh hopefully you guys checked out Alex uh, insdorf video this week, as well as Alex Katzen. Um, if you are all in on the draft, which sounds like uh, a good amount of you are, Alex Katzen has been doing draft content for us all season long, covering where the Chargers scouting staff has been and uh, the prospects that they've been looking at. So please go check them out. Hmm so we talked about the tight end or corner first round mm-hmm. um brock bowers is the only tight end i think that i'd be interested in in the first round um so if he's there i think you take him over basically anybody in the class
2: i would assume so but <clears throat> like like i said earlier like two months ago i don't watch college football so i, I literally just like naturally find out who marvin harrison jr is watching yeah. other people like watching yeah paris johnson film i'm like yeah. oh look it's, it's that guy so yeah
1: I'll, I'll get around to it for sure for sure i i watched pac-12 stuff i watch a utah plays playing obviously sure um and then even like the big games i kind of don't watch like i i, I just have been less and less into college football because it's such a monopoly sport at this point in time. Like the good teams are always good. Now that it's NIL stuff, it's impossible for Georgia and Alabama and these teams to be bad because they can just throw money around. Um. So, yeah. Here's your
2: offensive line question. How do you, how other than ever giving a good run game, do you
1: scheme around an offensive line that struggles with stunts and twists? Uh, I think more bodies obviously if you can have if you can keep six people in for for protection purposes that makes things easier um you know I mentioned this on the Chargers channel but one thing the 49ers and the Shanahan types do is you just outright slide like everybody slides the gap to the left everybody slides the gap to the right and then you have a running back or tight end kind of fill and replace it just makes things easier than easier. Mm-hmm. trying to sort things out as as they happen which is a lot of communication it's a lot of you know, just like trust and, and experience that you have to build up. So those are two ways. I think also just like a lot of play action, you know, we haven't seen a ton of bootlegs for Justin Herbert this year. It's, it's about the same amount as last year, but it, it I, I like it that is, that's it's always been something I wish would increase obviously is more play action, more bootlegs, more RPOs mm-hmm. helps a lot as well. I think that's a good way you can kind of scheme some touches up. Like that's, we've seen them do that against like the Vikings who do a ton of stunts and pressures and things like that. It was a ton of RPO, like wide receiver screens, slants kind of things. So that could be a a game plan that they could lean on more going forward that they've done as opposed to like those other changes that they haven't necessarily, necessarily shown uh, a lot on film yet. Hmm. Okay. Sounds
2: good. Slightly related then. um, Isabel mentions, do you think we'll see Steven Anderson elevated with Vanette still out? which is unfortunate, man. That concussion must be nasty.
1: Yeah, so I, again, didn't practice. Uh, they elevated Hunter Moyer and then only used him once, and he had a great block on that one play, and then they, they didn't use him again. So I was like, that was, that was cool to watch. Um, maybe Steven Anderson's still getting acclimated to the playbook and things like that, still working back into football shape. I do kind of think that it would be Camp Moyer again, just because like yeah. they were... They were kind of patient with Vanette. They were kind of patient with Dean Marlowe. Um, Hunter Campmire has obviously been with the team all spring, summer, fall long. I think if Nick Vanette can't play, I do think it would be Hunter Campmire again. And would like, please use him because I am tired of watching Stone Smart block.
2: <laughs> it's tough because there's like, I feel like there's two sides and very polar opposites on the Stone Smart fandom where it's you see the receiving potential and some people are like, yeah, do so much more of that, involve him way more. And then some people would watch the blocking and say, let's not do that anymore. There's definitely a middle to that. But yeah, yeah, the blocking hasn't been great. His receiving stuff
1: is fun, but they're trying to use him as like a lead blocker a couple of times. And I was like, this just is is not working. Uh, Gerald Everett, I thought, had a great blocking performance on Sunday night for what it's worth.
2: Always does. Uh, This year in particular, I feel like
1: uh tara asking about if you could choose three to four guys to keep who would you keep between keenan khalil mike and joey um we kind of talked about this like some of these decisions i think have just naturally been made but in your ideal world tyler which of the three would you keep
2: oh boy keenan and khalil are the obvious one too and then i I actually think I might go with Mike Williams in this case only because I know that I think Thule will do pretty darn well at edge two. I'm not a hundred percent certain that I feel great about anybody that's like, well, let's say Quentin Johnson, for example, I've seen what Mike Williams can do with this offense and Josh Palmer and that trio. And I really like that trio. It's unfortunately just not going to be the case next season. Joey. I wish I could say Joey because i i i would almost prefer him over mike williams in, in most aspects but yeah i'm, I'm gonna say mike williams and alleviates some of the need to drop to receiver
1: next year anyway yeah i think i think i probably would choose mike as well as much as i i love joey and i think like at his best he's you know a, a truly like dominant player i just don't know yeah how likely it is to get that back out right. of him you know with mike williams like I feel like it's pretty easy for me to envision Mike coming back from the ACL being his usual self again. He's got a full off season to recover. So I think that's, that's, that's probably who I would choose as well. In terms of like trade value, who would you say has more value? Or do you think that Mike and Joey would both kind of have about the same value uh, on the open market?
2: No, I think Joey should have more. I believe they're roughly the same age, you know, one class and then the next class. Um, Mike Williams has the worst. Like, Joey Bosa could actually potentially play this season. Mike Williams has the ACL, so I think Joey just naturally at this point probably has more value. And then I just think pass rushers, I think it. given like, okay, in the draft, can I find another Joey Bosa or can I find another Mike Williams? I think you feel better about finding another Mike Williams and Joey. So I think Joey yeah.
1: overall. Yeah, I, w- I would tend to agree with that. Uh, pass rushers are harder to find than receivers, I think, at this point.
2: Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, I forgot to mention this. I'm going to find it. Do you know who is, like, top 10 in pass rush productivity? Wait, where is it? <clears throat> oh, where are you? No, it's a, it's oh. like a snap count issue. Hold on. I'll find it. Do you know who leads all rookies in pass rush productivity? Uh... Edge rushers.
1: Edge rushers, mm-hmm. 150 snaps played though. Am I overthinking this? Is it is Tule?
2: No, he's second, but it's actually okay. BJ Ojolari. I noticed that today. I didn't realize it, but yes, my guy. Yeah. So,
1: how many snaps has he played? I don't feel like it's been a lot.
2: No, 148. A lot of the guys that are higher up. So, BJ Ojolari is 148. He's in first, then Tule with 329. Then Miles Murphy, but only 104 snaps played. And then Will Anderson, Byron Young, etc. All right. Not a lot of surprises then with this, with this top group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony Martinez here has a question about Jamari Sawyer. Do you think they should switch him to the other side? Uh, have gotten that question about switching him sides, switching him to the right tackle spot. And again, I totally get it. Like Trey has has not had a a great season. Um what do you make of... Because we all we all felt really good about Jamari playing guard, obviously. Has any of that changed for you? Or like where are you at with Jamari long-term here?
2: I think there's a world where there should be a little bit of competition next year, even though I feel like he has the lead. But McFadden definitely has an athleticism that Jamari does not. So I think there is a world where you have a kind of a competition. But I think it'll be Jamari. The only question I really have about this interior that might save them how where are we at with the conversation of zion being a center of the future rather than sticking him at guard although that is another change for him
1: yeah yeah in regards to jamari specifically i'm not interested in changing him i think he's really starting to settle in at right guard um i think he's there's definitely some communication things um, that needs to be worked out between him and whoever is playing right tackle. Obviously, in this instance, it's it's Trey, um, but he's really settling in, a, like individually, one on one. Like he's he's really having an, a strong second half of the season here, in my opinion. I do think that he probably needs to trim down a little bit. Um, hmm. I'm not saying that in a critical way. I just think that there are some instances where teams are able to kind of take advantage of his lack of athleticism but like jamari is kind of exactly who i expected him to be at this point in time like his hands are so strong his anchor ability is so outstanding um like very rarely does he lose to a bull rush very rarely does he lose to a guy trying to be more physical than him we saw him get after the Ravens after they hit Justin. So he, <laughs> he, he is the kind of their enforcer type. Mm. Um, It's just like, he needs more time and reps there to get more comfortable. at like the, the mental aspect of playing the guard position in terms of Zion. I think it's, it's worth exploring his potential at center. I just don't know, like what coaching staff would be willing to come in here and change his position again is that, a conversation that they currently have had. I I kind of doubt that because they've been Mm -hmm. so intentional about him staying at guard. Um, I think you probably just have to figure out how to get him back on track to what he showed as a rookie. Like I mentioned, I think it's it's a lot of technique things, Um, but I think switching in positions could result in a even worse third season.
2: Yeah, I agree, right? You you hope it's a better one, but if we get the same kind of season or worse, then yeah, that's that would have been a, a wasted pick and and this entire season for him. McFadden didn't play any center in no, college. No, he was he was offensive Ball tackle. tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he didn't play any center
1: in no. camp. He's never played any center. I don't think he did any center work at the Senior Bowl circuit. Or wait, he was a Shrine Bowl guy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Alex Katzen is in the chat here, but I can ask him uh, if he did any center work, but I think it was at the shrine bowl. It was tackle and guard. I don't think he ever like rotated into center. Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah. They're in a tough spot there. It's going to be very tough for the Chargers to find a center next year because they'll yeah. have to allocate a really high pick to that, which I don't think they can afford to do or sign somebody. And I don't know. They can barely afford to do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just want to look at this real quick. I know we're like, out of time. That's all good. Hmm. Over the over the or over the cap doesn't have anything up yet for twenty twenty four. Who are you looking at? Are free agents? I'm looking at uh, free agent centers because okay. I don't I don't think they'd be able to afford like. An expensive one, like Connor Williams is is a free agent and like stuff like that. I don't even know who the class is. Spot racks take forever too.
2: Not gonna lie, I couldn't figure out who some of these
1: people were there for we a go. second, and then I realized it was NBA. <laughs> like, who are these centers? Oh man, this center free agent class is brutal. Oh my, Jason God. Kelsey, let's do it. Age thirty six. <laughs> uh, obviously, Jason Kelsey is. Uh, Probably stay in there. I don't think they can afford Connor Williams. Is Andre James good? I don't even know. I don't remember him being good.
2: I, I really, it's oh yeah, got Questenberry. Connor, reacts yeah, So you say Connor McGovern, Lloyd Cushenberry, who, mm, B. Mm, I can't say I know a lot about free agent
1: centers. No, a lot of these guys are, are backups. Tyler Bidosh, I think, has played well enough to probably... Uh, the Cowboys don't really have a ton of money. That could be somebody,
2: maybe. Yeah, especially if Kellen Moore's still around. Yeah. What's Connor Williams' projected market value?
1: i I'm on spot rack. Yeah, I'm on spot rack too. 13 and a half. Uh, man. I think you're probably looking at Will Clapp and like a third-round pick kind of thing. I guess. I, I guess.
2: Even though I do feel like we know where we're going with this, I guess we should wait until we hear what Lindsay's situation is. For sure, is it a solvable within the a season thing, or is it like this is the end of the road?
1: Yeah. I hope it's. I hope it's not. I hope we get to see him back. But. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Jason likes Andre James. There we go. Uh, tch, 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 tch. Any other questions that you wanted to flag?
2: No, I think we're, we're pretty much all the way through. I'd hate to end on that specific question, but.
1: Eh. It is what it is. You know, we can't no. get random food questions every episode to end the show. No, but
2: Jason will definitely throw in one right before you're saying goodbye. <laughs>
1: All right, you guys. Well, uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. Uh, we'll be live on – actually, I don't know uh, if we're going to be live on Saturday. I think we'll be live on Saturday. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, all right. There we go. Um, we'll do our usual Saturday show and then uh, live on Sunday afternoon to recap. Um, should be fun. So uh, it's always fun with you guys in the chat. We have a good conversation. Had a lot of laughs tonight. So. <laughs> Jason said thoughts on Outback Steakhouse. Oh, man. All right.
2: Uh, just make your steaks at home, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chain steakhouses are terrible.
2: Yeah. Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thomas, Home Alone or Elf? That's Elf for me. I'm not a Home Alone guy.
2: Same. It, I definitely grew up with Elf more anyway. So yeah, Elf. Oh, yes. we're. I can't wait to get to the, just the Christmas questions part of yeah
1: our season that sounds great man i can't believe we're in december on friday that's pretty crazy Mhm. all right guys uh appreciate it uh like i said make sure like the video subscribe tell a friend all that good stuff we do really appreciate it. it it uh does help continue to grow the show which we're still trying to do obviously so appreciate you guys uh that's gonna do it for us we'll see you next time as always bolt up